This is the On Demand Law Office podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you create margin in your law practice. Our goal is to help you practice law with intentionality, passion, greater focus, and success so that you can lead with incredible influence in your office and throughout your community. This is a podcast where we discuss how to manage your systems, your people, and your office from the trenches. We are practicing attorneys facing the same frustrations as you, and we want to help you discover solutions to your problems. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 19 of the On Demand Law Office podcast with Mike Lovell and Brandon Osterbind. On Monday, we both went to the Virginia State Bar Tech Show in Richmond, Virginia as attendees, and we picked up four themes throughout this day, and we're going to talk to you about each one of those. We're going to cover what we thought were the four highlights, um, talking about client portals, case management systems, document automation, and paperless offices. Those are all things that we've covered here before, but those were the what we feel is the highlights and got the most response at the Virginia Tech show. Um, Not the Virginia Tech show, the Virginia Technology Tech show. That's right, because my wife and I got a little confused on where I was yesterday, <laughs> which was Monday, and thought I, she might I might be in Blacksburg at Virginia Tech, but I was in Richmond at Virginia Tech show. Classic. Yeah. So um, there were really four themes throughout the day, and, and you just highlighted them there. And it's something that we have talked about a good deal on this podcast uh, because it's those four things are um, really cornerstones to our law practice. Uh, for example, client portals. Um, I know that you use my case, I use my case, and some people out there may use Clio or Rocket Matter or some other type of case management system that has, almost all of them have client portals these days. Not, not all of them, but almost all of them have a client portal. And it's really important, I think, to have a client portal because email is so insecure. It is not a safe way to communicate back and forth with clients. It may be the easiest way. It may be for the client the preferred way, but it is not the safest way to have a conversation online with your client. Definitely not. And we've talked about it before that if you email a client on their work email, that the, that email not might not be their, well, it isn't their email that, you know, it, yeah, they don't own it. That, yeah. Their employer has complete access to it and there goes confidentiality. Um, or, you know, they even spoke about whether, uh, if you set up a Gmail account with one of your employees at work, that's not your account is your employee's account. And you unless, don't have access yeah, to unless it. you have Google Apps for Business, which I think they're calling G Suite now, um, and you set it up for your employee, and now you control all the permissions, which is what we do here at our firm. Um, but you know, if you if you tell your staff to hey go set up a an, an extra Gmail account and use that one for business, yeah, you're sending all of your clients' data to your staff's personal email. So there was a lot of uh, different ages at this uh, conference. I'd say there's a lot of uh, younger attorneys, um, uh, several probably our age, mid-30s, early 40s. But it did surprise me that a lot of these attorneys didn't know what portals were, and a lot of people had questions even about you know uh, fax machines. And it did surprise me how little knowledge is out there. Uh, well, how many attorneys have questions about this? And uh, many didn't know about portals or whether their clients would even use it. But, you know, my experience is I have several clients. I've had one that's logged in every day to check on the status of his case, and it's great. <laughs> um, 
And uh, but clients are used to this type of stuff. I mean, everybody has an online bank account. Right. You know, they check their email, and checking an online portal is no more difficult than checking your email. Or yeah, check your email for a notification from your bank. When I do online banking, how are, how do they send you a message? They don't send you a message that says, "Hey, look in your inbox. Let me give all of your personal identifying information in your inbox." No, it says, "Hey, you have a message." log into your bank account and check your messages. And the same thing happens with the the MyCase portal. It sends the client a notification, hey, there is a new document for you to view, or there is a new message um, in your MyCase. Go read the message. And then you have to actually go in, log in to see the message. It's behind a, a pretty... Uh, darn encrypted wall. Well, exactly. And you know how many people have done it where you know you get a message and you hit forward and yep. you forward it to someone and it was the wrong email you forwarded to them and yep. you, you know sent an attached I know, document. I know a lot of Davids. So when I hit forward and type David, a whole list of Davids comes up. <laughs> um, I was drafting something in, uh, I can't remember where, um, and, and I wanted to forward it to my email and I typed in and it, it, it filled in Mike Lovell and I hit send and it went to um, an M Lovell at Gmail who happens to be like uh, a professor in like Michigan. <laughs> so uh, I have no idea. He never responded back. So it's probably just uh, disappeared. But yeah, I, I even forwarded something to me and it went to the wrong place. Yeah, it happens. But that's the why it's so important to have, um, uh, you know, the next uh, big major theme in, in the Virginia State Bar uh, Tech Show was case management systems. It's so important to have something like this so that you can take those things that you're putting together and you can put them on your phone, you can keep them on this web-based um, system, and you don't have to email things back and forth to yourself anymore. You know, the, my case has a notes feature. If you want to draft something, um, put it down, you can put it in your notes section. Your client doesn't actually see what you put under notes. Uh, that's not something that's shared, or I don't even think there's an option to share those notes with the client in, in my case's uh, um, system. So, you know, those are things that you can use in the case management system that will help prevent um, certain things like that. But a case management system as a whole, really, um, you have to have a holistic view of what you have out there in order to be confident that you are on top of everything that needs to be done. And those are the things that keep you up at night. As a lawyer, you know, part of what we do is we take the burdens and the struggles of the client and we take them on to ourselves. So the client doesn't have to worry about it. The client can go home and sleep easy tonight, but I'm sitting here thinking about what I need to do for that particular client's case. And that's one of the burdens that we take on as attorneys. But the way to make it easier, the way to manage that burden is to unload all of those to-dos that you have in some type of task management system um, that is embedded all in one place along with your notes, along with your documents, along with your conversations with your client, and that sort of thing. And to me, that's where the great benefit of a case management system comes into play. I plug things in and then I forget about it. So we went to the session on uh, case management, uh, a lawyer's guide to case management systems, and I think they had a show of hands of how many people had a, you know, cloud-based case management system. And I don't know what you recall, but I don't think 
even half the people there raised their hand, and most of them were solo right. and small practice. I think there was one individual who had, you know, came from a large firm, but I don't, I don't think there were even half that used it. And then they asked, um, "Who wants to change systems?" And several did. Yeah. Um, but you know, out of out of people who are tech savvy and interested in this, only I don't even think half raised their hand about using a, a cloud based uh, case management system, um, which which kind of shocked me. Yeah, that was a bit surprising. It, it was. And then, which leads me to believe that if you use one, it gives you a huge leg up on your competition. Um, and then, uh, you know, additionally, Brandon and I spoke at the um, uh, law office management class at a, at a law school. And, um, you know, th- these students out there weren't aware of these case management systems. They were in a, you know, practice management class. And we were, you know, happy to tell them, that, you know, case management is, is out there. It's easy. It's available. And, you know, it's kind of the cornerstone of a practice. And if you're starting out, it's an essential. Yeah, what I thought was interesting in that particular uh, session was the uh, speaker referred uh, several times to a case management system as if it were your spouse. You, you have to look at a case management system and think, is this someone I would like to marry? Does this, does this system have a lot of the features that I would like to wed myself to for the next 20 or 30 years of my practice? And I've really found that amusing. But you know what? She's right. Because when you get into these case management systems, it, it, you get out of it what you put into it. And the you know, same is true in uh, interpersonal relationships. <laughs> you get out of it what you put into it. And if you're not going to put into it, then it, it's really unrealistic to think that you're going to get something out of it. It is. And, you know, um, and it's, it does, you know, it, it's a relationship, you know, and yeah. at first I just started with it and then it, over time it's, it's developed for me and you become, then you become dependent on it, you know, and, and, but it, it, it's good in that sense. So, you know, if you're not doing it, we, we recommend that you go out and try it. Everybody's got a 30 day trial, yeah, everyone has sign a trial. up, try it out for a while and you'll see which features just work well with you and then run with it. And the other thing they mentioned is train your staff. Yes. If your tra- staff aren't trained on it, they're not going to use it. You're not going to use it. Yep. So train your staff. And once, you know, it, it's a good way to, you know, even bring on a new staff and, and train them on it. Um, but it's essential for any practice. Well, and here's the problem. Most attorneys, when they incorporate a case management system, um, they're not trained themselves. So they don't feel confident in the system enough to go to their staff and say, this is how you need to use it. A lot of times, and I know this is true for me, when I got into using um, several different uh, options that I was trying out. It was really a trial and error type of thing. Even when I committed uh, to use, at first I committed to use Rocket Matter, uh, and I used Rocket Matter for probably six months or so before I decided to uh, migrate over to my case. And I've been with my case for I think about four and a half years now. Um, and I, I just I can't imagine switching from from my case at this point. I I am so embedded in their system, and I know it so well um, that when I hired a, a new um, staff person to replace an old staff person last year, that was my training mechanism. I trained my um, my new assistant on my case. And that, in turn, trained her on how I liked my cases to progress and what tasks needed to be done and how I liked them done and what order I liked them done, that sort of thing. Well, and that's right. You know, uh, tech 
can make a messy office worse. Yeah. So what we do, at, you know, at, here at this podcast is talk about systems and procedures. And a case management system is gives you a lot of built-in procedures, but you still have to put in the work to yeah. do it. You have to put in outside procedures on how things get into it and how it's opened. And so it just helps with organization. It won't solve your problems. if, But if you are tech savvy and want to put in systems and procedures to train your staff on and grow bigger, that's the way to go. If you're not tech savvy and you're not going to put in the time to do it, it's not going to help you. It doesn't solve your problems. It's just another mechanism to get a leg up on the competition, run, run and manage your life better. And it's really a marketing tool as well. And people don't talk about this, but it was mentioned at the tech show. And, and I think this is an important um, thing to remind people. These client portals and case management systems, they are a marketing tool for you to sell your services to your client because this is a, um, a service that you are providing to your client that other attorneys are not. For example, you know, you've got the uh, client portal where you can upload uh, documents and you can comment on a document back and forth with a client. You can answer questions about that document on the document inside the system in my case. That is a, a, a huge benefit to clients. They can see documents instantaneously. When you get them and you upload them, all of a sudden your clients can see them. They don't have to wait four or five days for the mail to go three states over to come right back. And, and that's right. You know, I'm looking at we're on point number two, and we're going to move ahead to uh, document automation. But all of these uh, client portals, case management systems, document automation, and paperless law office kind of all revolve around a good case management system. Right. You know, th and we'll talk a little bit about document automation, and there's several different ways to do it. But ultimately, the best way to do it, I think, is within the case management yes. system. But um, it, it makes it makes it less effort. You know, if if you um, if you use a different system. Uh, for your document automation, you have to input the same information twice. You have to input it in your case management system, and then you have to input it in your hot docs or whatever uh, other document automation system that you have. You're taking the same pieces of information, you're putting it into two different uh, two different systems. So let's let's talk practicality because I think you did a good job as, when, when you explained it to the students at the at the, uh, the class that we taught exactly what it takes for document automation. Because I know the you know the idea is you enter the information once it gets automatically populated to uh, form letters or demand packages or answers to dis, you know or you know templates for discovery. But how much work does it take to start that you know up front? I'll tell and you, then, yeah, go ahead. how much time does it save you in the end? So upfront work, how much time did you have to put into it just to figure it out and do it? And was you know, it I didn't. It? I didn't track how much time it took me to to create it. I will say that um, I started with a simple form, and I I progressed to uh, more complicated forms that I use on a, on a daily basis. So any anywhere from a um, medical records request letter, I consider that a simple form. It, it has very um, few moving parts. You, obviously, you need the current date. You need the client's name, social security number, um, uh, date of birth, uh, the, who the firm user is, and then the client. So same time, you're, you're using the client's name a couple times in the same letter. So those are the, f the form fields that you need. Well, you know, you can't just do that in my case. It's you, you, like things like um, 
uh, social security number. That's not something that my case collects. So you have to create a custom field. And then when you figure out what all, what are all of the custom fields that I need to create based on my type of practice of law, um, then you go in there and you create them all and you print out or you, you know, print out, you, um, you download your merge tags under the templates uh, form and you just copy and paste the merge tags into your form documents. Now, I will tell you that I have written a blog post to make this easier, uh, and I'll put the blog post in the show notes. And it really takes the, the title of the blog post is taking the, the mystery out of document automation. And we've got a free uh, document automation cheat sheet that will show you what my uh, uh, custom fields are everything that I that has everything that I need to create all of the forms that I produce on a daily basis. It, and uh, we will tell you, and if you, we just lost you on all the mail, I mean, all the merge fields and all, yeah. all the custom uh, form fields, it does require a little bit of a, a lot of work up front. But in the end, when you can have you or your staff put the information in and then hit merge and it just prints out it saves, and you know, you do that over and over again. It saves a ton of time, and it is worth it. It might be worth someone hiring someone who knows how to do that just to make those mail merges. You know, and they call them mail merges in, in, in uh, Microsoft. It's old, right. but just the merge fields. Um, but uh, it does. Well, I'll tell save you when we bunch. when we talked about this in, in the law office management class. Um, you know, I you were kind of talking as I was in the background on the screen inputting data in my custom fields to create a fake case, and the students were somewhat semi paying attention as I was uh, inputting kind of funny um, little addresses and names for adjusters that I I dislike uh, and that sort of thing. Um, and you know, no one really laughed when I when I did that. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more um, bang from that buck, but I didn't get it, so I just kept on going. But then, when when time came uh, after everything that that I had ne- needed to input was input, it um, I <clears throat> I went in and I created a document, and I, I looked at their eyes, and they they all just got big, like. Oh my goodness, he did all of that. He input all that information in about five minutes and in about four seconds he created a document. Yeah, exactly. It was it was the end product that uh but it took a lot of work to get there. Right. But it's that end product that that is uh it's consistent, it's easy, and you know, I use uh, the form tool, which is a, a a plugin that you can use in Word, and it basically takes um, some categories and you, you fill it in, and it's actually pretty simple to use. I think the program itself might be 100 or $150 to get the pro version. I just have a plugin, and I can do my uncontested divorces by filling out all the information I need and then hit fill, and it fills it in. Um, the form tool. It's it's outside of my practice management uh, software. It's also a lot easier than, than um, the my case is merge fields, but I think my case is going to get a lot better with that as time goes by. But uh, that's what they mean by document automation. It's not a totally simple process right now, but if that if you're in a specific practice like wills and trusts, or you do a lot of demand letters, or you know uh, personal injury, it's 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 essential to be being efficient is document and, automation. And, and I'll add to that. I think that's a really good point. And here's the, the deal for lawyers going forward. It's 2017. And 
as technology progresses, lawyers are going to be become less and less relevant. That's just a fact of life that we're going to have to deal with. And we're going to have to, as lawyers, figure out ways to make money as we become less relevant, as the demand goes down. Well, one of the ways that you can do that is to uh, speed up your systems. And instead of copying and pasting and typing over the same things over and over again, Create a document with the push of a button, two clicks, and you're done uh, with creating this document. That is the, the way of the future for lawyers. If you are going to survive, you have to adopt some of these technologies because if you don't, the technologies will wipe you from the face of the planet. And I don't think that's overstated. It's just going, it's going, going to happen. And, you know, the younger attorneys are going to know how to do this stuff. Right. And the technology is going to keep up with them. So, and they can charge less for that. Right. Exactly. It takes them less time. And it's, it's a document and, and it's, it's a good document, I'm sure, you know, so something to keep in mind. Um, and that leads us to something we've probably talked about the most a paperless office. Um, you couldn't stop hearing this theme throughout the day uh, on, on Monday because um, everyone on the stage had a paperless office. And, and I would um, I would wonder, I, I don't think that they did a show of hands on how many people have a paperless office in the audience, but it would have been interesting to see how many people actually uh, maintained a paperless office. And, and really they talk about the same things that we talk about here is you have to have a system for receiving everything in your office and making sure that everything that comes in gets scanned and uploaded. Then you have to have a system for making sure everything that goes out gets scanned and uploaded. And then what do you do with the papers that you create in-house? Uh, notes, paper notes that you have or uh, hearing notes or exhibits or, or things like that. What do you do with those things? Now, you, you may need to take the an exhibits folder to court, but you don't have to take a discovery folder to court. You have all of that stuff, or you ought to have all that stuff electronically uh, easily accessible to you so that you can find something quicker than you could if it were in paper, um, but right there at your fingertips and it'll kill less trees and um, save you some space and hopefully save you some headache. That's right. You know, and after we went to the tech show, um, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to know that I feel that, you know, what we've been talking about is right on point. It's right what people need to hear. And it's it's uh, right for people to implement in their practice, whether you're starting or trying to grow or trying to change an old practice or take over a practice that is stuck in the 1950s. Um, <laughs> you know, this is where it needs to go and you have to start uh, talking about these things, and we hope that we can be at the forefront of all of these issues and talk about the developing trends and you know what's going on in tech to help you better run your law law office. Yeah, I think that people need to realize um, that it's time to get with the times, um, and we don't want to. Uh, obviously, we're not trying to. Um, denigrate anyone for doing it the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way worked, um, but it worked in the past. It's not going to work in the future. And now is the time to start figuring out, well, what is law going to look like five years from now? What is law going to look like 10 years from now? What am I going to do today to make sure that I can survive in that era? 
Um, you know, in the Virginia State Bar, kudos to them for hosting the tech show. I think they've done it for three or four years now. This is the first opportunity that I've had to go. Uh, I really enjoyed um, the speakers. They're all renowned speakers, um, and they've all spoken. Um, I believe every single speaker from the Virginia State Bar Tech Show has been a speaker at the ABA Tech Show. Yeah, and you know I've been to lots of CLEs and lots of conferences, but this was practical, hands-on stuff you could do, and I was very, very pleased with it. And there was several things I can uh, implement and several tools that I uh, learned about. Um, very, very good show. And uh, I think that they announced the uh, tech show for next year is going to be on April 23rd of 2018. So here we are a year from now. I guarantee you that you that you do not have something scheduled for that day. So pull out your calendar right now, plug it down on um, your calendar right now so that you can avoid uh, any conflicts and make sure that you can get there next year. One thing that, that we noticed is there weren't any case management systems advertising there. There wasn't any boosts. There right. was the malpractice insurance I don't. I think that was about it. There was yeah, a couple the, other booths. There was an Alps booth, um, and then there was an Access to Justice. Yeah, booth. and so it, it surprised me because there's a lot of people looking. Yeah, and uh, a booth and uh, you know tips on exactly how to do stuff in a case management system. Well, you uh, know, I was surprised, so I tweeted my case. Did and you? I, and I, I said, my case, you need to be there next year. Um, it's true. And, and they and they said, well, maybe we will we will we will be there next year, and that's exciting to me because I I think that um, more people in Virginia, uh, in particular our home state, um, uh, could use some hands-on practical guidance on uh, what this uh, case management system does, uh, how it can help you in your law practice. Hopefully, we can show you a little bit of that here uh, on the on the podcast and on our blog. So visit our uh, blog on demandlawoffice.com forward slash blog, and you can see a bunch of um, p- content pieces that we've written about case management systems, about how to use document automation, how to um, switch to a paperless office, uh, how to use client portals, how to implement workflows in your practice, and all of the above. Uh, we, we talk about all that stuff all the time and new ways to use technology and online case management systems to better your practice and provide a better service for your client. Ultimately, though, we want you to transition um, into this century <laughs> and um, position yourself so that you can succeed in the future. Right. And that's why we're doing this. And so we encourage you to contact us with your questions. You know, what do you want to hear about? You know, uh, hey, I've tried this. What do you think? Or I'm trying to do this. You know, how can we help? You know, so we encourage you to uh, contact us via email um, or Facebook or um, uh, we'll we'll tell you how to better uh, email us here in a second. I think you can email us at askondemandlawoffice.com. But, you know, we encourage you to participate in the conversation. We will get back to you. Um, as quickly as we can. And don't forget, if you like what we're doing here, to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Uh, like Mike said, you can subscribe to our show notes or our blog post. Go to www.ondemandlawoffice.com forward slash podcast, and you can sign up on the right-hand side of the page for updates. Mike, any parting words? Until next week, remember to seize the moment, take action, and shape your future. <laughs>